the ultimate multitasking for the thinking modern marketer. Podcasts that help you future-proof yourself for your career and keep at the cutting edge of knowledge and technique. I'm Diane Young, co-founder of The Drum, introducing the best of debate from industry leaders, brought to you from the buzz of the drum arms at the can line. Pour yourself a pint and slap on some sunscreen to get into the vibe and enjoy our audio brought to you by our friends at Contented. And if you want more, subscribe on thedrum.com. Cheers. Hi there. Hi. Uh, um, it's Stephen Leftack, editor of The Drum, and we are on the last day of The Drum Arms in Cannes. And at the last minute, we have pulled together a session uh, after yesterday's events with the guys at Extinction Rebellion. And I'm also, well, I have a special guest as well. And what we're going to be doing is talking about how advertising can save the world. And I want to talk to these guys and uh, get their message out to the industry to actually help advertisers understand how they can start to make a difference. Um, can I ask, um, do you want to start by introducing yourself? Who's, who's all here? Hi, uh, I'm Will. I'm from Extinction Rebellion in London. I joined in November, just at the Declaration Day, which is our first major event, which was just outside Parliament uh, October the 31st, um, when Extinction Rebellion announced its kind of first day. And yeah, I decided to quit everything I was doing and go full time. And it's been the best decision of my life. Um, I've managed to, uh, it's just been incredible, the people I'm working with, and I can't recommend it enough. And it's brought us to France, where we've met with... Uh, Maya. Well, yeah, I've got two names, so Maya and Fanny. So I'm coming from uh, Extension Rebellion France. Um, there's nothing much to say about it. I don't know. I've joined the movement uh, last December. And uh, yeah, it's the best decision of my life I've ever made. Um, yeah, I can feel that, that I'm making a difference. and. Uh, learning a lot of stuff, so yeah, this is just the beginning and I'm very happy to be there with you. And who is our special guest today? Special guest, that's very um, uh, complimentary, thank you. I'm Chris, I'm an uh, advertiser, I own a, um, an agency called Adjust Your Set and I'm an environmentalist and a marine conservationist and I have a foundation called the Blue Marine Foundation and I'm very supportive of what these guys are doing and I am an advocate trying to drive the industry, which I think is responsible for so many of society's ills, to really take the climate crisis seriously and use all of its amazing creative powers, influence, connectivity, to really drive the agenda and to drive the necessary change we need in order to protect life on Earth. So we will talk about how you guys see the industry making a difference, but can I ask what, can you go through events yesterday, first of all, and just explain uh, to our listeners what, what happened yesterday here in Cannes? Um, let, let's, let's hear uh, from your point of view what, what you experienced. What I've experienced from yesterday. Yes, please. Well, um, what, what was, what was, the, what was the, the idea of um, the protest? Well, the idea was to um, alert the, 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 the advertising industry of, of, uh, about what's happening right now, about the chaos, the, the climate change, the, the, the biodiversity loss. And um, because, yeah, when you, know, when you go and talk to the people, give them flyers, it doesn't work. Uh, walking in the street doesn't work either. So we need to find some ways to make ourselves uh, uh, heard. 
So we've been trying for the last uh, three days to, um, to make some actions in Toucan, but it, was, uh, it got very difficult because the police was all over us for the last um, three days. Uh, some of us uh, had more than three uh, identity control within just 24 hours. Um, yeah, we had the, you know, intelligence um, I'm not sure, not police, but yeah, uh, coming to, to, to our place where we were sleeping, where we were staying to, you know, to try to get more information. Anyway, it was very difficult to, they really tried to prevent us from doing anything that could disturb the festival. So we had to, you know, be even more uh, smart and, you know, just, just find a way to, to be able to do something. And, um, and yeah, and we thought, you know, what could be more um, powerful than do uh, uh, an action of sitting on the red carpet uh, stairs march. So, so here, yeah, we went there and, um, and uh, yeah, and uh, made our speech about, uh, you know, about the, the, yeah, the, the emergency that we all know we're in. And uh, as you probably all saw, they tried, you know, they put, they put themselves in front of us so they could hide us. So the, the public couldn't see us, but, um, but yeah, it wasn't about seeing us. It, it was, about, was more about hearing us and what we had to say about it. So, yeah. But then how many of you arrested? Then everyone was arrested. Uh, yeah, we, we all got arrested. Uh, I mean, just, yeah, we stayed there only for a couple of hours. We, we didn't, uh, we, we weren't held in custody for, for overnight or anything. Uh, but we all got arrested, so I think there was uh, like 15 of us, or maybe yeah, 14. I'm not sure. And uh, yeah, it was uh, quite an amazing experience, also because um, we ended up in this big uh, at the police station all together in this big room with like I don't know, maybe 10 to 12, maybe more policemen. And um, as they were controlling our identity, filling up the papers, we started to talk to them, and. Um, yeah, just trying to explain them why we were here, what, why we were doing this. Like, um, um, we do like a conference, Extension Rebellion does a conference that is called Heading for Extension. Uh, it's not, it wasn't like that, but we, we started to, yeah, to explain, to talk to them. And it was just, it got quite, it was amazing because the, the room, they got all silenced and they listened to us um, for like 30 minutes without, you know, without in, in, in terrible interrupting us and they were just, I mean, you, you could see that they were listening and that they, what, we, what we were telling them, it was like, you know, touching them and striking them and, uh, and um, yeah, it was even more powerful than being on the, on the red carpet. I mean, it was at the end, we did a debrief with, the, with the, the whole team and it turned out it was the most powerful experience we had in the day was uh, being able to, to, to talk with them and, uh, and uh, yeah, so I hope, I'm pretty sure it, you know, it touched them and then they, they, they're going to be able to, to, to think about it, maybe talk about it, do something about it. And uh, yeah, I think, sorry to interrupt, but I think it's really important, Will, that you say that, you know, you are not trying to ruin anything, but the fact that you did reach out and there was a lack of responsiveness, you weren't given a platform to talk about what you wanted to, that therefore you had to take 
this action to get the awareness. Is I think that there will be a lot of pushback from, okay, these guys are just trying to ruin everything. We've got an economy. Cairns' economy is important. There's business to be done here, which is fine, but you need to get the message out there. And if these events are not going to give you a platform to tell people what the problem is, you're going to have to take this action. And you did write a letter, you did ask for a platform, you didn't get what you needed, therefore you needed to Absolutely. do it. Absolutely, yeah. And I think the, what this really comes down to, and as you described in you, the way you, the, the, the police were like so receptive to this, is that there really is like a failure to acknowledge what this climate and ecological emergency means. So we use the word emergency, it's one of these things where it's like, oh, it's a PR thing, oh, it's an emergency, ha ha. Like, no, this is the real thing. This is the one where we're beginning to find out the things that will kill us. If you're in the Himalayas, you're gonna uh, die of a lack of water. If you're a turtle, you're gonna die of a piece of plastic around your neck. You know, we're beginning to work out, uh, it's like a kind of appalling game of Cluedo, and we're beginning to work out who the bad guys are very quickly. And we're in this situation now where when you go to the police and they arrest you and they're like, oh, fuck, it's the protesters, here they are again. Yeah, then you get to explain the real nature of this crisis and everyone shuts up and they begin to recognise what's going on and then it gets really serious and then people start working out what they need to do about it. Right now, this industry is still in a state of denial or if they do understand what's happening, there's a kind of grieving process going on and a lot of people go and sort of have different reactions to... Uh, the process of understanding and coming to terms with the, this enormous global disaster that's going to kill billions of us. And their reactions are different. And sometimes it's complete denial, which is what I think we're seeing here in Cannes. And um, uh, the sooner people begin to work their way through this grieving process, we'll be able to start coming up with some bigger actions. And if our job has to be a bit spiky, a bit uh, spicy, whatever you want to call it, to kind of help nudge this conversation forward, um, you know, this is the week that the permafrosts are beginning to melt in a big way now. You know, that is uh, one of the horsemen of the apocalypse. You know, that's the one where it stops being like, oh, I should start worrying about my children, start worrying about what happens in the next few years. You know, it's about can going underwater. We had a very, very quaint response from a, a scared Philip Thomas, you know, understandably concerned that we're going to disrupt his business. You know, we weren't. We're a peaceful, non-violent organisation. But... You know, and then maybe they used to the gilet jaune. But we had this letter from him, and it was like, look, guys, 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 look, you know, don't, don't you know, please don't. We're doing loads of stuff here. We're, do, we, you know, we're running a hackathon with junior creatives. Um, we're doing, and you're just like, what? Like, what is that going to do? Like, really, what do you think that is going to do? And then simultaneously, we got a letter. He put us in touch with the mayor, and the mayor goes, oh, but we, um, we are, we are doing loads of stuff here. We are one of the cleanest cities. We pick up all the rubbish in the streets. We're doing, a, you know, all this, and you're just going, like, dude, like the ice caps are melting, Cannes is not going to be like here in a few years if we keep this up. And, and it's, it's drastic. It's mad and it's drastic. In the spirit of fairness, uh, we don't have anyone from the organisers here and I have spoken to Phil. And of course. He does, and he has explained to me he did try to, well, he was looking for a way to try and, uh, and get you guys involved but the town has been quite nervous. But surely then what has to happen then is a dialogue needs to open where you can find a way to actually help this industry hear you more. Absolutely, that's what that's we're here to do. Exactly. I and mean, this is exactly it. We need yeah. to all wake up to this. And, you know, I've got no personal beef with yeah. Philip Thomas or Can. We just don't. It just happens that the advertising industry is here and he's able to platform people. I will say, though, that, like, an org there is something a little concerning about having the idea of having someone like Nix on a panel and that being kind of okayed and there be people being able to find a space for him when it's urgent. 
uh, but they can't find a space for us or to talk or for anyone. It doesn't have to be us for anyone to talk about the climate and ecological crisis. And so bringing us on to exactly what I want to cover, how, how can advertisers make a difference? Because they need to start now. It's already too late. How, how do they start actually making an impact? Um, so, you know, a, a, advertising is the most influential industry on the planet and it needs to use its power of influence to make governments and citizens and consumers realize how urgent the crisis is and enable them to have the right, um, uh, I guess, the right steering to be able to take the necessary action. There's a lot of purpose, purpose talk, as there always is, and it's been going on for 10 years and it feels like purpose hashtag has sort of dialed up you know, a million percent this year, but you know, purpose is you know, the reason for being, the reason for existence, and the only reason for being is to actually ensure that there's a planet for us to, for us to live on, because if we don't have a planet, there's not going to be any profit. So as an industry, we have to do everything, everything to protect our planet. So there's a couple of things that I think we can do. One is use our creative influence. There's so many amazing, intelligent, brilliant, creative people in this industry, and I think a lot of them are struggling and finding it difficult to carry on getting people to buy more stuff how do we you know how do we harness that collective skill to do more to help communicate to help lobby governments to push governments to do more and to ask our businesses whether it's their agencies or our clients to really start taking this seriously and then i think there's another thing that the industry could do is um you know we've been very good at changing um communications rules about products and services that we consume as human beings. So whether that's sugar, it's ingredients, it's traffic light systems on crisp packets, on, uh, on sweets, we need to create a framework that is the same that we can understand how bad the brands and products are on the planet. And this is what I call externalities. It's quite simple. You can, you can see you know, how much water a pair of jeans use, how much CO2 they use, what's the lifetime expectancy of that product, which means that then there can be a decision made as to whether or not you want to buy that product or not, which means that then the, pro the, the production line will change. But more importantly, I think, than that, you know, this is something that's been around for 10 years, is really, really, really making people realize that we need to uh, move much quicker, we need to start bracing for an emergency, and we need to really start thinking about adaptation because the stuff is going to happen, the sea levels are going to rise. Look what's happening in India at the moment. In 10 years' time, 40% of the Indian population will have no access to clean water. There's 8 million uh, climate mi migrants moving from towns in India now because they can't farm, they can't feed themselves, there's no water. The same is, is happening, Maldives is, is going to sink. This, this is happening right now. So we need to think about, you know, as an industry, what are we going to do to push governments to start investing in adaptation, to put the handbrake on and put the economy in reverse? I think that's amazing. That's, you know, really cool. I think it's the idea of, of business as usual is just going to have to stop. We have all got to recognise that this has now got us to this point. Um, we talk about, you know, migrations in countries that are far away from here. Um, you know, we had a few problems with migrants from getting across to Europe recently. It was a huge news story. Well, the equatorial regions of the world are soon going to be uninhabitable too. And that's going to mean migrations of billions of people. And we're not equipped for that. And I think when we talk about the climate science and we talk about the biodiversity loss, we forget what will probably get us over here. And it's going to be food shortages. It'll be a far-right government getting into power to control that. 
and then anyone who's the wrong colour or has the wrong colour eyes or the wrong colour hair is going to not get the food and we're going to see the collapse of civilization as we know it. And that's coming. Like, there's already going to be these mass migrations and we're going to have to start very thinking really hard about how we process that. And in that state of adaptation, we're going to start thinking, like, what is the messages we need to get out? How do we reconcile these, these themes with the work that we've done and the work that we're doing? And now that we have the information and we know what's going to happen and we can see how this is all going to go down, it's about coming to terms with that, understanding how you can share this information with others so they can be ready and lay the blame accordingly or not, or to just come to terms with this. And we're all going to have to do whatever we can right now. And if that means doing some drastic things, perhaps I'm going to take it this a little bit further and suggest that there are some people who, who should not be advertised, some industries that we're going to have to stop working with, um, that people are going to have to get together and go, right, do you know what? We know, we know where the problem is. And we need to either have these people change drastically and act as a mediator between uh, audiences who are going to suffer the hardest and brands and reconsider what business as usual looks like because this is going to kill us. There is no doubt about that. And that's not someone far away in a foreign country. That's here. It's us in Europe and it's coming. Can I, can I blend some, a bit of optimism in there? Because I think that it's really, really important from a communications perspective that we get the right balance of fear and optimism because there's too much fear, head in the sand, everyone says, fuck it, I'm not, there's, there's nothing I can do about it, so what's the point, I'm going to carry on. There's too much optimism, everybody says, well, everything's going to be all right, I'm not going to do anything. So it's really, really important from a communications perspective and how we talk about these things that we get that blend correct. And, you know, my, from an op, when, when, my, with my optimistic hat on, nature is very, very, very resilient, right? And nature is very, very powerful. At the moment, we are very, very close to trashing nature's operating system, right? And this is the, the, the system that keeps, keeps the planet safe. But there are some things that we know what to do and we know how to do them, and they are relatively straightforward to do that will make a massive difference to the time we have to adapt to uh, all of the issues that are going to uh, going to hit us, and I'll just tell you what those are. So, you know what, you know, uh, contrary to what you think, plastics is not the problem of the ocean. So, the ocean, which is seventy-two percent of our planet, is in fact the life support system of our planet. Right. So, it produces more than half the oxygen we breathe. It absorbs more than half the carbon we produce. With photoplankton, it is, it is the biggest photosynthesis system. And it also feeds a billion of poorest people in the world. So the science is absolutely clear. If the ocean doesn't function, it's game over, right? But the ocean problem is very relatively easy to solve. We need to create large-scale marine protected areas. And then the ocean has an amazing propensity to recover, and it comes back to life. So we need large areas where we don't take anything out. We need to plant mangroves and wetlands at scale. Mangroves are about 10x... Uh, in terms of their capability to absorb oxygen and uh, absorb carbon and produce oxygen than a rainforest. So we can plant mangroves at scale, we can protect our ocean. That will then mitigate a lot of the carbon that's being reduced into the atmosphere and will give us more time to get our shit in order in order to protect ourselves from all of the atrocities, atrocities um, that are coming. So there are things that we can do that will make a difference, but we need to get on and we need to do them very, very, very quickly. And that's not just banning single-use plastics. That's really, really looking about how do we protect and restore nature's operating system ASAP. And so 
bring us back to the advertising industry itself then. What, what is it doing that, that you're seeing? How is it actually trying to make any difference? I, I think that the, the, the best thing that I've seen uh, this week um, is the fact that the United Nations uh, Sustainable Development Goals are getting more of a voice here. The, you know, without a doubt, the, the most meaningful events this week have been up in the Global Goals House, up in the hills where you know, we are talking about the climate crisis. I haven't really heard that much on the Quasit. So there is, a, there is a plan the UN has set up, which has got 17 development goals. If those goals come together by 2030, we do have... I, mean, I, I, I am with you, Wilbur, but you, from an optimistic person, there's more of a chance that things are going to be slightly better. Um, but we need to get on with them really, really quickly. So that's positive. And then what, what I'm doing is convening the, the, uh, the bodies, so the, the Advertising Association, the IAB, the IPA, the Marketing Society, and, the, and the, the Marketing Academy to come together to try and create some kind of framework that enables agencies and clients to know what they can do to try and do their bit. And yes, we need to do it very, very quickly, and it is an emergency, and things are going to be pretty horrible, but we've got to, you know, we've got to keep trying, we've got to keep being optimistic to try and do something to make things as good as they possibly can be. Yeah, I, can, you know, I completely agree with what Chris is saying. I think there's, um, there is, it is vital that, that, that we all keep, you know, in some degrees, a positive sense of, how, of, of approaching this, and that's the part where creatives and advertising industry come in with their communication skills and help communicate the nature of this crisis in a way that they think is going to make sense. And it's not going to be uh, a kind of greenwash to sell more products. I think we're kind of going to get to a point quite soon where we're yeah. far past that. And it's just like, great, if you have something to bring to the table for this crisis, bring it and front load it and do it now. Because you, this isn't about 10 year plans. This isn't about, you know, we're going to do a million pounds here and a few million later. And maybe this is like, put it all up front as soon as you can get on it, get everyone in your organization on it, and get everyone thinking about it. And when you're making decisions, more importantly, start seeing things through the lens of climate and ecological collapse and understand what that really means. And that means when you start going, oh, you know, let's all just go to Cannes on the jolly. Well, how many flights? Like, that's the basics. But then you think like, oh, maybe we will pick up that airline client. Uh, maybe we will pick up that oil client. Uh, you know, just, it's starting to see things in a different way. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a, there's a couple of other examples is, you know, I, I, I believe very strongly that the climate crisis is a man-made problem and it needs a feminist solution. So the industry has been great at driving diversity and unstereotyping and they've really driven that. And there's now laws and rules around, you know, unstereotyping within communications. Well, let's create the same framework for, for the climate crisis. And the other really sort of simple thing the industry could do is what about if everybody just pledged to eat less meat, you know, the single biggest uh, polluter and the single biggest industry that is affecting the planet is uh, is agriculture and it is it is livestock production. But they are destroying the rainforests. For every um, every hamburger, you're using a thousand liters of water. You're using so much carbon. The runoff. I think 27% of greenhouse gases come from 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 meat. We don't need to eat meat. It's not important. Just cut it out. You know, I'm not saying everybody has to be a vegan, but just be a flexitarian. If the whole industry, however many people we are, 
influenced and persuaded his clients and everybody knew to eat less meat, that would make a massive, massive difference to emissions and therefore the time we've got to get our shit in order. On that note, I'd just like to say, um, I'm sorry, this is just seems like it's the Chris and Will show here. Um, it's just that we both have a background in, well, I, work, I used to work in advertising and have a fair understanding of it. And I think we, you know, I, I just feel bad for Fanny. Sorry, I hope you don't hey, mind. It's fine, it's just that you're saying it all in the better way that I could. <laughs> so I, mean, no, no, I agree with you guys and there's nothing uh, more. I mean, it's quite clear. I don't know what else to say. Um, yeah. Okay. No, cool. It's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that that making those small changes as a uh, you know in terms of how we think about and present ourselves internally in terms of how not eating meat, making those changes, deciding to give up flying. You know, these things are not difficult. They just require an adjustment, and we're all going to have to start making these big adjustments. And so, how can this industry engage with you guys better? Because I've heard some great ideas here. I think what we're missing is the how to do it. I think if we're just talking about this industry, I don't think they really know where to begin. Um, and I mean, it must start at the top. It's got to be the budget holders that make, make this change. The agencies can make some changes, but it's got to be the governments and the big brands that really guide them to do this. I want to just quickly say what happened to us recently. So. Um, we sent out this open letter to the advertising industry saying, like, guys, get in touch, we need to talk. Um, we had a very limited response, but we did have a couple of big, very, very nice international independent agencies get in touch. So this isn't like a little tiny digital agency based in Runcorn. This is like, you know, big, well-known people with big mega brands. And we got um, a chance to go and do our talk, which is called Heading for Extinction. It's the one Fanny mentioned that uh, had a great impact on the police. And we went into this large agency. I don't know if I should name them or not. But um, they, uh, I got a call from someone a bit later in the day saying, have you just done the talk at this agency? And I said, yeah, how did you know? And he goes, because I've just seen four people crying outside. And it's a, this is like serious stuff. And then this talk was meant to last for an hour. It lasted for three and a half. And in the middle of it, one of the CEOs had to go and do a global call. And then she came back 10 minutes later in tears just saying, I couldn't do the call. And that's where we're at. I think it's, you know, as you said, we've got to just fucking talk about it, right? People are not talking about it. This needs to be something that we all talk about. And, you know, it's the, it's, you're always the sort of, the depressing one in the room, whether it's a dinner party or a meeting. It's like, well, guys, we've got to talk about the climate crisis. It is a crisis. So start talking about it. Start getting it into the conversation. You know, as an industry, we're supposed to be the ones that create culture. This is the single most important thing that we need to create conversations about, communications about, and then action. If we don't talk about it, then nothing's going to happen. Chris put on an amazing dinner party a couple of weeks, about a month ago. It was, it was vegan. It was vegan. It was amazing because there was no choice. And you thought, oh, great. And, it was, and everyone was just fine with that, obviously. But the most important thing Chris did was open up his address book. And it's an incredible one in this case. And there was Jimmy Wales. And there's just, you know, like a ton of amazing people, bosses of big businesses, heads of marketing, controlled billions of dollars of, you know, of budget. And, and they sat there and we talked, this, we talked about fake news and we talked about the climate crisis in a lot of detail. And it's opening up the dress books and getting this conversation moving and it's vital. We started running things called Last Suppers where we get 12 people together to sit around a table and talk about this. And we have a few activists in the mix. And what happens is we don't have to say anything. We just sit there and you realize that everyone's aware of what's going on. They just need to have a focal point or some kind of release or some reason to kind of 
feel that they're being pushed. We like haunt meetings, we haunt dinner parties now. I walk into a room at, in a bar, people come up and appear to be like begging for their careers. It's like, I'm not here to destroy your life. I'm here to like try and help turn us all around. And, and it's vital, it's about getting the conversation moving. It's about these people, these, you know, within the industry to open their address books and just get this conversation moving now. And not in a few years and not a hashtag, just now talking and planning. So you're saying you, you do a presentation, but what is it you you plan to do or that you can do to to help change minds? Because ultimately, this is what we need to do. We need to change the mindset of the world to get behind this. And that's where the advertising industry comes in. I think it, it, it it's very, very, very difficult for a human being to comprehend what is going to happen. It's it is it's almost mentally impossible because it, we, it is so terrifying what is, what is going to happen in the next 10, 12 years that it just, you just shut off. It says you can't actually quite com compute that this is going to happen. If you've got, I mean, how many of you have got kids? Yeah, so, you know, and you're, when your kids are 30 years old, the world is going to be an absolutely, totally different, terrifying place. It's quite hard to compute. And then you feel slightly helpless because you think that actually what am I going to do as an individual is not going to make any difference. So I think it's, I think it's, excuse me, I think it's realizing, uh, accepting what is going to happen and then trying to bring collectively an industry together to do everything that it can to make a difference. Because an industry can change a dial, right? But, it, but as an individual, it's very, very difficult. Um, does anyone get any questions, please? Um, yes, please. One, one, one. First of all, this is such a relief <laughs> to be hearing this at Cannes. I have a background working in NGOs, moved to advertising, and the first two days were a bit surreal. I was like, these are the most powerful guys in the, in, in the world. Um, why is this not on the agenda more? Um, but there are a few things... At all. Uh, not on the agenda at well, all. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, to be honest, I'm not entering the Palais, so I have no idea. Um, the SDG awards are a relief, although, um, uh, uh, yeah, could be, could be more. But a few things that were said that I thought uh, were probably worth making a comment on. So um, the SDGs, as I understand it, are not a plan, um, but more a goal. And the Millennium Development Goals changed to the SDGs with a specific purpose to, for business to get involved. And in the language I hear here, there's not a huge urgency for agencies to play a role. It's kind of like the brands and governments. And the problem is, is that um, governments in themselves are not that as powerful as we may think they are. So I think that big business has a major role to step up and take a stand. And I just wanted to note that I personally believe B Corp is a really powerful movement and Harvas in the UK have become the first agency to become a B Corp. And so that's possibly um, quite a powerful, um, yeah, first step. But I, 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 I just, I, I'm answer, I do work very, very closely with, with, with the Global Goals and the team and yeah, they are, you know, the next phase of the Millennium Development Goals because they didn't go further enough. The kind of Millennium Goals went halfway or a quarter way and the realisation as well. There's so much more to do by 2030, there is an action. So there is, there is a plan, there's a goal, and there are 17 goals and they vary from, you know, we have to have equality, we have to have food for everyone, we have to protect life underwater, and they're, they're, they're really, really important together. But, you know, the, the, the science says that if you don't have a healthy biosphere, Right, which is gold, four goals, water, fresh water, ocean, land, um, and clean air. You can't then have a healthy society. You can't have a healthy society, you can't have a healthy economy. So there is there's the necessity for an urgency that we focus on 
the biosphere because we need that for the planet to function, but also that's what produces the food. If there's no food, there's no society, then there's no economy. So it's a plan, and a lot of 169 countries, all apart from North Korea, have signed up to it. And businesses now are starting to adapt it because they're desperately looking for a purpose framework that they can align their business to, and the goals do give you that. So you look at some of the big FMCGs, Unilever, RB, etc. they'll choose a couple of goals that actually align to their businesses and their brands, and then they'll use that as a sort of measurement tool, a bit like B Corp, actually, to, 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 to try and direct their business. And I think that it's great, but we do need big business to take the goals much more seriously. Facebook and Google are only now just getting into it. You'd have heard Nicola on stage uh, embracing that. Google have got a big announcement about the goals coming up. So they're starting to take them seriously and we need a lot more awareness. And this is something to your original question, what can the ad industry and the clients do? Let's get everyone to fucking know about the goals and then let's make citizens, consumers, businesses know what they can do. Let's all support a goal. My favorite one's 14, what's yours? I mean, a lot of people don't even know about them and we're in the comms industry. So it's not perfect. But it's the only plan we've got, right? So let's let's do it. It was just the language around having a plan that sometimes makes people think that it, there's a plan, whereas the SDGs need to be brought to life by business. So we're 100% yeah, 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 yeah. in line. <laughs> we can't call them SDGs because it sounds too much like a sexually transmitted disease. So global <laughs> global goals. That's the official branding, though. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, I would say one thing, which is that uh, the idea of you, you know, like this is this, basically. I think there's other things we can do, and people talk about brand activism. And to become an activist, and watching what my French colleagues did in France yesterday in Cannes, getting arrested, um, that's making a major sacrifice. Um, it's a sacrifice of liberty, and it's risking a lot, and it has repercussions to you know your future, and. I think it's time that if we're going to talk about brand activism as a kind of you know option here, which is just something I've heard banded around a lot, um, then that means taking risks and it means giving things up and it means sacrifice. It means sacrificing, if you're not freedom, it could be the bottom line. And that is really something that we need to think about. It's not just going to be about growth here. It's going to be about giving things up and making public sacrifices um, to, to our about of the clients we're not picking up, perhaps of in agencies, or it's about thinking about personally, like, what am I doing as a career? And people make, when the police decide that they're not gonna be policemen anymore, and they come and join us, that's how rebellions are won. It's when people go, you know what, we can't, I can't do this job anymore. And I think there's gonna be people, and there may even be entire agencies coming soon, who are gonna go, do you know what, we're not comfortable with how we're, playing a part in this and the first one that does that it'll be a tipping point and people will begin to realize that like this isn't just about mm. growth it's not about the next quarter this is about and I, life and death yeah. and i think that's a, a very very important uh, point because you know gdp is is not a measureness of happiness or environmental stability or success if we if we if we carry on with the GDP targets of, uh, the, of, of the top countries, it's game over. We're going to four, five, six degrees warming. So business, That's the apocalypse, by the way. That's, businesses can take a stance. You know, you've got some amazing organizations like Caring, for example, and they said, you know, I'm not going to report on a traditional financial P&L. I'm going to have an environmental P&L, and I'm going to base and judge my business on the environmental impact that it's having. And fashion has been 
you know, and is a very, very, very bad industry in terms of pollution and driving fast fashion, but Kering, which is Puma, Stella McCartney, etc., they've really, really done a brilliant job in bringing sustainability, reusing, using the right products, trying to take water out of it into their organization, and it's having a success. The business is, is, is doing well because people want to buy from brands that are doing the right thing. So, again, as an industry, we can encourage our clients to, to think about what does success look like beyond, beyond the bottom line, because ultimately, you know, there's no planet there's no profit. So let's think about, you know, what are the environmental measurements? How do you measure measure nature, society, and happiness, not just gross domestic product? Sorry, can I ask you, so as a normal person, not an advertiser, um, what, was, <laughs> what, what was it that convinced you to get involved with this? What was it that changed your mindset? Uh, is there a learning point there? To get involved in the movement, in yes. Extinction Rebellion. Or, well, I mean, just basically trying to save the world, ultimately. What was it that made you actually think, yeah, I have to make a change? Um, it's just that I've always wanted, I've always felt that what I was uh, doing wasn't enough. You know, to do small, uh, uh, small changes, to stop eating meat, uh, stop uh, taking the plane. It wasn't enough, and... Um, and I was uh, fed up of, of, of having to wait for the, the, the other people to make the change. The government, the, the, the big enterprises, I mean, the, the, if, we don't, if we wait for them to do the first step, they, they won't do it. So we need to make the difference, we need to get. And, and I just think that everybody needs to, has, their, has a role to play in it. Uh, everybody needs to take responsibility. We've all got a play. Um, a role to play um, as an indi individual, then as a community, uh, as, a, as a business. Um, yeah, it's not about um, finding, figuring out who's guilty, who, you know, to, be, to have to blame and uh, shame and blame someone. It's just about taking responsibilities. Like, yeah, for me it was, yeah, I, I just needed to, to feel uh, that I could uh, play my, my role. In it, yeah. Um, so I'm going to bring another person into this quickly. Uh, we've been joined by Stephen Woodford, the CEO of the Advertising Association. And Stephen, I'd just quickly to ask you, could you give us a bit of an overview of what exactly are you, you guys and the industry doing around this? What, what is the actual, what is the movement that you're seeing from the advertising industry? Thank you very much for the invitation. Apologies for being so late to get here. Uh, I only heard about it at about uh, 10 o'clock. So. Um, so, Advertising Association, which I'm responsible for, is a tripartite body that has the brands, agencies, media, production companies, the whole ecosystem of advertising is in our membership. Uh, I think it's fair to say that the, uh, Chris and I have been talking about this for some time. Uh, Chris has been a great catalyst to actually getting a group of us together. There's a group of trade bodies now that cover uh, the span of the industry, both the sort of the ones that cover the organisations and ones that cover personal membership, like the Marketing Society, uh, in discussion about what we might do. And I and, and I and I would pay huge tribute to Extinction Rebellion for catapulting awareness. Uh, and it wasn't that awareness wasn't high in our industry, because obviously it is. You know, people in our industry are thinking sentient beings, so they obviously know. This is a huge issue, but I think it's uh, Extinction Rebellion particularly that have elevated it now to a top priority issue. I think before your 
big events in London, I would say the biggest, if you like, external issue that the industry was dealing with was diversity and inclusion. And if you look at Cannes this week, there is a huge amount of, uh, of events around diversity and inclusion. I don't know how much there is this week about climate change. Hardly, uh, but hardly I'm gonna, anything. Sorry? This is it. This is it. I was okay. going to say welcome. I would, I would make a guarantee that next year there will be a lot. You know, and I think that's the, that's the sea change that we are seeing. It is absolutely something that our whole industry cares about. That's, that's pretty much all of society and all of industry. Uh, and we, um, we're looking at what we might do and what the role we can, might play. There's a couple of things happening. I, I, I think you guys... Are you, are you behind the meeting on the 25th of June in London? No, unfortunately, we haven't even been invited to that. Okay. That meeting's happening. There was a, I, I'm there aware was a, of it. I met the yeah. guy who runs it. Okay. And uh, he's, got a, um, he's got his own sort of plans, and it's not as hard as ours. It feels to me like he's talking about 2030, we talk about 2025. It's either an emergency or it isn't. So, like, I really hope that he decides to shift this and to shift his conversation. Okay. Well, that... that Anyway, that, I, didn't, I thought you were involved with that. But anyway, I think it, it, in a sense that's an illustration of the organic nature of where we are at the moment, that things are coming together. They're coming together in a, a slightly haphazard way, uh, but they're coming together fast. So if I was going to predict forward to CAN 2020, I would hope that we have a huge amount more discussion on the main stage and on the fringe around these issues. And certainly, I think the UK industry is very well placed to be a leader in this. Uh, so I think it's all about engagement. Chris, I think you and I have had a lot of conversation about this. Uh, we're, you know, we're determined to get things moving and we've got a number of things lined up to do that across the summer. Def definitely plan to have, I mean, an announcement. We've got to start with something that this is, as, as Stephen said, this is the, the bodies that have come together that are really, that, you know, that admitting this is a massive issue and then put a plan together that will help their members, the industry, the agencies and the clients to actually do everything that they can in their powers to, to help us. And I agree, next year, this should be the only thing that we're talking about. On, on that note, I should point out that Extinction Rebellion um, is concerned with the climate and ecological crisis. So it's very, very vital when we talk about this that climate change is one of two very closely related issues. But it's perhaps the biodiversity loss, which is the thing which, for, in this context and in the advertising industries, is the thing which we should be specifically, perhaps more concerned, or lean towards, because that's where we start looking at product consumption and our consumption habits, and that is really something which, like, it's easier to look at the big mega mega problem that affects the world. This is something we can actually, you know, are closely related to. It's yeah, what both, we resource both mine. Totally intertwined, yeah, absolutely. Right? Of course. Can I, can I just make a quick, it's a really interesting point. One, I, I, was, I won't name it who it was, but I was talking to a particular, you know, high profile marketer who's very, very in, engaged in these issues. And, and, and he put it that way around. He actually put biodiversity and loss of biodiversity as almost the bigger priority. Because he said, if you solve that, you solve the other. Uh, and, you know, if we solve climate change without solving biodiversity, it's a disaster as well. It's a messaging problem. And it's one that that's. Uh, and I think it's actually that, that if you like, the breadth of that message is really important. Because I do think that's something that business can get potentially more effectively engaged in. Absolutely uh, agree. If we, I, I totally agree, and we discussed that before. If we don't have a healthy biosphere, we can't have a healthy society, we can't have a healthy economy, and the biosphere will produce the food. If there's no food, then 
So can I, I'm going to wrap up because I appreciate we've done this last minute. Thank you all for coming. Um, I think we now know how important this conversation is. Um, Thank you for putting it on. Uh, I had Absolutely, thanks. Can I just say thanks to the French Extinction Rebellion team for getting arrested yesterday, which is what kick-started oh, this more importantly. But I mean, I'll, I'll ask one more question to the panel, but I think the one thing I would suggest, though, is when you leave here, please tell people that this conversation ha was happened and ask why it didn't happen on a bigger stage, because I do think the organisers will try and do this next year. Uh, from the conversations I've had in the last few years, they do seem to really want to engage somehow. They are just a bit nervous about it, but I think they'll figure it out next year. We do it peacefully. It doesn't This is just yeah. like we just everyone needs to wake up and realise we're all doing this together. Yeah. This isn't like angry, it's just together. So what would each of you, uh, what would be the one message for advertisers that you would give now? Tell the truth. And if you don't know what the truth is, get us in to explain it to you. How would they get? How would they get hold of you? Uh, well, I'm not gonna. I am gonna plug a book. Actually, we just put out a book through. Penguin. Oh, here we no, go. It must be can. But, but I'm saying no. No, we, no, we, we um, we've got. Don't a, read it before you go to bed. Yeah, it's depressing stuff. Um, I get a lot of calls from people in tears, going, "I've just read your book." Um, I'm one of the editors. Um, it's been a very, very harrowing project put together, but it's also got uplifting points, and it does. It starts by telling the truth and it ends with saying what we can do to act now. But on a more important level, I just look at going and getting someone in. It doesn't have to be Extinction Rebellion. We're not the only guys on the block here and this isn't an ego thing. We don't mind who does this and who has these conversations. And shout out to the guy having the meeting on the 25th of June for getting the ball rolling and having those accesses to those people. Um, I think it's vital we all do this together though. And it means getting people talking about this subject. And we'll come in, someone else will come in, but they need to come out with the absolute facts, not the watered down ones, the one that joins the dots, that makes this really terrifying, that makes people go, shit, we need to front load and we need to do it now. What's the book called? The book's called This Is Not A Drill. It's out through Penguin on 100% recycled paper. There you go, plugged. <laughs> what would be your message, Fran? Um, I think just... Uh as we were uh, saying yesterday, while we were in, on, the, on the red carpet, on the stairs, uh, don't be uh, afraid to, to make that change and uh, as, um, put your creativity and skills in something that matters in, in this fight, in something that's worth it. And uh, yeah, have the, have the courage to make uh, the, this change. And uh, yeah, just finishing on, on the what's, what courage means to me is uh, courage means doing the right thing without without being sure everything will end well but you just do it because it's the right thing to do and uh, yeah that's it I'd say everybody within the industry whether you're a junior creative or a designer or you're a CMO or a CEO or you're the head of an industry start talking about it a lot of people are fearful because they say they don't know, they don't really understand it, they don't get the complications and they don't feel confident to talk about the crisis, right? But it doesn't matter, it needs a voice, it needs to be realised, it needs to be at the top of the agenda, not diversity, it needs to be the climate crisis. So that's what we need to start talking about it, realise, learn about it and then use your influence as an influential industry to persuade people to start doing something. Ask your clients, ask your boss, start doing everything you can to make people aware that this is, you know, this is the train coming down and it's coming fast and we all need to do something about it. If we don't talk about it and we bury our heads in the sand, we are never ever going to mitigate it. And I think it's probably fair to say 
that conversation never stops. So just because we say we want to do something next year, it needs to continue after that as well. So it's not a case of doing one-off things, it just needs to continue from here. As, a, as an industry that is absolutely obsessed with Gen Z and millennials, right? There's a, as Bono said in Davos, there is a train hurtling down the tracks full of Gen Z and full of millennials, right? And you're either on it or you're under it, right? And you've got to get on it. The only thing they're interested in about is how we're going to protect our planet. So get on the train. Thank you very much. Um, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for coming, more importantly.